Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. We on Nostalgia today, we sit down with award-winning South African jazz and Afropop musician, the queen of Afro jazz. Her name is Judith Sapuma. Tobela says. Judith Sapuma. Oh my goodness, we lost her. We lost her. I am going to have a great time chatting to Judith, given the excitement that she has on her voice. And she needs no introduction. And uh, you know that album of hers, A Cry, A Smile, and It Dance? Um, we're going to take it all the way back there and bring it up to 2021. And I can imagine it must have been a very challenging year as a musician for her, given the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic. So let's try this again. Judy, it's a No, 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 drum rolls with the other cat. Tabela says, I am so happy to be chatting to you. And in my radio career, I've never yeah. interviewed you. And you've been yeah. one of my favorites and people that I've, I've put down on my list of people yeah. that I would like to interview. You are in that list. And so this moment is like a 360 moment for me. <laughs> uh, it really is. Well, firstly, I'm very glad to be talking to you. Very, very glad. And thank you for having me. And I am happy that we are finally talking. Yes. This and how amazing. have you been doing during these trying times? I made mention of the fact <sighs> that for musicians, uh, the yeah. pandemic has not been easy. Yeah. And is this just really, honestly, an understatement? Um, we are in it. We talk to one another all the time. It's so, so difficult, and we don't even look forward to the president's speech anymore because we know that it has nothing to do with us now. It's almost like the music industry is non-existent, and it is just such a sad thing because music actually carries us. It carries the world. It carries South Africa. The national anthem is music, so unfortunately, we know we understand the dynamics of what an audience can do, but let there be some sort of... You know, even the relief funds that are being sent out, there's a lot of people who never get it. It's just just so, so, so sad. And um, But in the same breath, we are now so fired up to saying if we are given another chance to actually, you know, be out there and sing and make that money and have it, people are going to be smarter and we're just not going to be focusing on one stream of income. Mm. It's going to be, you know, people are now, already musicians are starting to do businesses, which is actually absolutely amazing. But we want that one thing that really makes us who we are to, to not bring us down, to not be ignored like it is in South Africa. You know, South Africa is the only country that does not take music seriously. And it's not, yeah, it's been like that actually for a very long time. Uh, from radio to television to everything. It's just been like that. Um, you are lucky if you're an artist and you are Judith Sipuma, your music gets played all the time and you have a big name that you get the, an opportunity to, to have that platform. But it's not everybody who's got that luxury. So I mean, we stand together as musicians and, you know, it's just not a good time for us. And the impact of music is it really needs no explanation because during our birth date, music was that one thing that carried yeah. a nation yeah. to freedom. Absolutely, and you, absolutely. You would think that in a pandemic, the same would apply, but that's yeah. not the case. In actual fact, it's been put in the back burner. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's just really, really honestly said. And we, you know, I realize that we don't have systems in place where music is concerned because uh, we don't have anyone who speaks for us. Unless if you speak for yourself, nobody's going to hear you and the message is not going to get to the right people because you don't have the right connections. You know, so we don't have spokespeople who will actually go fight like alcohol does. Mm. You know, um, it's just really, really sad. It's just crazy. And I think it's just given us an eye opener um, to say we need to actually have really good systems that protect musicians in place. Goes all the way to medical aid, to everything, basically. You know, our children are in school. How do we keep them in school? How do we... um, There's people who are renting apartments. Some musicians have been kicked out. It's just really, really the hardest time for musicians. And even if you are doing well as a musician, you know, it should really break your heart that other people are actually, you know, in this place. Only because we don't have... um, a, a, a plot systems rather in place but we have learned we are learning yeah. uh, I really really believe and I would like to believe that all musicians who are at the worst place of their lives of their careers right now that they have learned and we are still learning but don't let that put, put you down and to stay in that bad place just start thinking what can I do from here and how can I make sure that I never ever because we don't know what's going to happen 10 years 20 years from today yeah or whether we will actually come out of this pandemic and, you know, and when. And when we do come out, you know, honestly speaking, it's just those people that have actually started. It's all about how you begin in your career. If you had such a self, and you I mean, you make you fight for your name, you fight for your craft, you are, you know, you've got your, your business set up straight. When people come out of the, the, the you know, this situation, our clients, our promoters, they think of, of you first. Mm. And it's just a fact that, you know what, those names that are being celebrated all the time who have carried themselves well in the industry will always be thought of first. I'm going to get and, a little bit political and I'm going to yeah. ask about the, the, the role of the Department of Arts and Culture. Do you think that it's doing enough? Do you honestly think that Minister Natim Tetwa is uh, there for artists? No. Sure. And that's a fact. It, no. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this because if, if, we, if we had, it, it goes back to this thing of me saying that we don't have spokespeople, someone who says, I am going to fight for music. I'm going to fight for my artists because I know that tomorrow, if anything happens, the first thing we're going to think of is music. And in actual fact, music is, is, is actually looked back. It's actually being put in the backseat also financially as well. You know, uh, it's really, really difficult. We get negotiated on down all the time mm. and it's not all of us who get brought down, but like I said, if I'm going to be that spokesperson for musicians now, I will be to say that musicians really compromise so much. But that is why in this time, because we know that the Department of Arts and Culture is not doing enough to actually support us, let's make sure that you become your own voice. Yeah. Become your own voice and make sure that your, your music industry, your career is yours and is yours alone. Do it for you. Do it for, let them find you. Let them come and chase after you. That's where we should be. And that's the mindset I've actually had for so many years that, you know what, I will work, I will work so hard that, uh, you know, I want to be the first, one of the first five people that they think of when they're thinking of 
you know, putting together a concert or anything like mm. that. Build relationship with ships with people. Relationships are the best currency ever in this time. Wow. And that's what I'm realizing now. And that goes all the way to radio, to everything. So musicians, when we come out of here, please, we, you know, let's not blame anybody for anything anymore. Do it for you. Get into that studio. Invest in yourself. Let people find where you are and want to be a part of your world. Mm. You know, nobody's going to speak for you. And this has been actually proof. This has been proof. And I don't know what we want to change after this, um, except if you, you, we, we, we become the change that we want to see. So we're going to be, we need to be very aggressive. I'm so angry, actually, because I'm thinking, I want to, I I want to actually, I wish I could actually live in my own island right now, where I hear my own music in my own house. I hear, I hear this and I choose who else I want to hear and just be selfish about it because, it's just not benefiting. It breaks my heart to see other musicians and me struggling to actually be heard, to be recognized, to be respected, loved, and appreciated in our own country. You know, I, I know there's, there's a country where they actually released so much money for musicians, whether you were a backup singer or what, and it was easy for people to actually have access to that money. Now, it's just really, really difficult for our for our industry. Yeah. Really difficult for our industry. And that is not even anybody saying anything. It's a fact. My goodness. Judith, it's a fact. What I'm hearing is a lot of passion. What I'm hearing is yeah. an artist who is resilient. What I'm hearing is someone who is not afraid to speak out yeah. and yeah. say, this is right and this is wrong. Where yeah. did this confidence come from? Is this from your upbringing back home, Kolimbobo, where you were given? the the room and the freedom to express exactly how you feel without fear or favor is that where it comes from it it, is actually the opposite Mm. i was taught to not speak to not talk back because i would be disrespectful so even when i thought i would be saying the right thing it would be you know the wrong thing because they didn't feel like i should have spoken at that time So when I grew up and I got to Cape Town and I got to meet people who were open-minded about everything and how aggressive people were about their careers, and I associated myself with people who were really, really aggressive about their careers. And at College of Music, they taught us how to fight for what you believe in. So if I believe that I can get, um, I can be in a certain class, and they had told me that you cannot be in this class. I would make sure that I was in that class. You cannot sing in the big band because you're not ready yet. No, I want to sing in the big band because I believe I can. Actually, I'm going to sing better than this person because they're not even killing that song. I want to kill that song. That's the language that we used to get. So all those little things that I thought were little brought me to a place where on I believe in my gift. Yeah. It's all about believing in your gift. You know, I don't want my gift to fade. I don't want it to be forgotten. I don't want it to not touch lives. I don't want it to not change lives. You know, my gift changes my life yeah. every single day. You know, every morning I wake up at about 4.30 and I pray. And I pray for so many things. Sometimes I don't even pray for things. I'm just grateful, you know, to God. How, you know, things are this way like this, but we are learning from it. Mm-hmm. But... For me, it's all about the passion you have for your gift. Speak for it. Your gift can speak. You can be the the voice behind your gift, behind your passion, behind your business. Mm. So that's where I come from. And, you know, you know, God gives us talent. There's no denying the fact that you've got a beautiful voice, but you took it up a notch by actually going to school. Do you think that is the edge that you have over and above someone who can say who's who's just generally naturally talented, a natural singer? You going to school, do you honestly think that it took you uh, it gave you an edge? 
Yes, absolutely. And I think also that's where uh, uh, this confidence comes from for me. Um, you know, I used to ask myself, oh, now why am I studying? I already can sing, you know. I mean, it's enough that I can sing. And I realized when I got there that there's so much that goes into singing. And a beautiful voice alone is not enough. Mm. You know, it was not enough for me, rather, let me put it that way. Yeah. It was not enough for me. So I wanted more. I wanted to find out what is it about this gift? Or, and what can I get out more? What more can I get out of it? I just didn't want to be a singer. And I learned, what you know what, you can teach. You can actually learn about other people who came before you and how they did it. You know, when I did my PhD, my, um, not my PhD, when I did my uh, my master's, I was like, okay, my honor, sorry, my, my honor's degree. I was like, okay, I need to learn more about, you know, um, uh, John Coltrane, mm. about Ella Fitzgerald, about I need to learn and study how did they make it, the mistakes that they made so that I can take a different path and I don't have to go through what they they went through to not make it yeah. you know and also when I'm sick how am I going to actually carry it I get to a show and then I realize I've got laryngitis mm-hmm. how do I survive laryngitis and I've got a thing you got to deliver you know all of that stuff I had to learn and then the business side of it how do I even open a bank account so yeah. firstly you know just to own something of my own publishing what do i do with publishing and how do i make sure i don't eat people's money when you've co-written a song with somebody Mm. you take their rights and because that money now is actually working for them Mm. you see so all those things crediting people uh, properly knowing how to word it you know that your cd people don't understand how important the cd is the backup the cliche all of that all of that information the booklet it doesn't have to be 20 pages, but get the, give people the right information so that your song, the IRC codes, all of that stuff, sure. so that when somebody plays your music in Japan, you can get that money. Mm. So that you can get your money from like eight or ten different streams, you know. Um, I got approached because of the very same codes I'm telling you about. I got approached by a company in, in the U.S. and said, Oh, we found you. We've got money waiting here. And this was four or five years ago. And it's not just dollars. It's dollars. It's pounds. It's money from all over the United Kingdom, everywhere. And it can come in as like however small, but it is your money. Listen, it can be 25 rands. It is your money. You worked for it. So take it. You know, let it come to you. And uh, But we need to find out. It's a business I'm talking about that people don't are not aware of. And, and that's that even what in, you and that's what you learned at school, the business yes, side of. Yes, and music. from talking to people, and and you know, even today, you're still learning. I'm still learning. You know, I'm like, okay, for example, we have the South African Musicians' Rights Organization in South Africa that takes care of our needs, and there's there's a whole lot more others. But you can actually become a part of SAMRO and make sure that your needs are taken care of. Mm. But it's up to you to find out what is it about that SAMRO can do for me. You know, um, but we, we sit down and then we look for faults, we look for flaws. I'm like, I'm not going to be part of that. They just want that money. No, no, find out for yourself. Don't listen to anybody. Become your own investigator. It is your business. Be so passionate and crazy about it that you can tell people something about it. Yeah, Don't be told. Don't be have, told. You must have your best interest at heart. Have your own best interest in mind and pay attention to the emails you get and yeah. say, okay, what? Find, like, just 
musicians, we need to be so passionate and aggressive and not and non apologetic about the gift we have, the music we have. It is your legacy. It is your your it's your livelihood, it's your children's money, you know, and yeah. You need to take it seriously. Now, one thing that I've I've noticed about you, not only are you smart, which is what I'm picking up in this conversation, not only are you passionate, but also Judith, you're going through a transformation and that is a physical transformation. Yeah. A Judith uh, 10 years ago looks completely different uh, to a Judith in 2021. And there is no denying, you know, the physical transformation that you've been going through. What inspired that? Because I follow you on social media. I see you exercising. I see you eating right. I see you, you know, uh, being very intentional about what you put in your body and how your body uh, has now reaped the benefits of that change. What happened, Judith? Because, and also you need to share some some tips with me because my stomach right now is sitting on my lap. (laughs) My stomach is sitting on my lap right now. I need Uh, to do something about it. What happened? What was that transformation that made um, you go through this physical change? It is that there was an article years ago that was written about me after I had the most amazing show. I think the show was at Morotel Park. And I was dressed at the time by Sun Goddess. And I wore this book tube. I had had a baby. I don't even know. You know me and my million children. So um, <laughs> I don't know what number baby it was. And I had... I had this big belly, and I. But you see, the, the thing about us women is, I was not aware mm. Ugutia looked like that. But this girl wrote an article that Judith Sipuma performed so beautifully. But we, were, I, I actually, she made it personal. I think she didn't like me. Yeah. Um. She said, "I, I wish she, she didn't have to wear what she's wearing because um, kawawa, I care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you know, and her neck because my neck and my shoulder were like one. I was really, really big. You know." And 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 I admit that, and I accept that, and it it's me, it's my life. Yes. But that woman changed my life. I cried so much seeing headlines from oh, Sunday no. World as I was driving, and I read all about that. I'm like, why would people be so so hateful, you know? And I didn't realize, Wuti, later on, that woman would make me push me to a place where on I was going to be so crazy about gym. Yeah. So immediately after that, after crying, and after you know wearing. XXL clothes to hide that belly and the sure. big arms and everything. I decided to go visit a dietitian. I decided to inquire everything I could. I went to the gym aggressively. Everything I did did not work for possibly about five years, but I could see a little bit of change, but it was not working. Mm. If I tell you the truth, which my weight loss actually kicked in possibly about three years ago, possibly since the days of a Christ melon and dance three years ago from after being at gym every single day, all my life, trying every diet, you know, I, whatever injection they told me I should take, which never, nothing happened. I tried everything because that woman scared me more than anything. The the reason why I was scared is because I did not want my fans and my audience to look at that. If Mm. I felt good, let them look at me and see sexiness. You know, that's what we, we should carry. It's sexiness, you know, she's so beautiful, she's this, she's this, I, you know, it's it's an entire package, yeah. you know, it's an entire package. And I learned that from looking at international artists, that they don't compromise That's on true. their image. That's true. 
Yeah, so I made that my mission to look good, to feel good about myself. Because if I look good, I feel good. Mm. You know, so I went. And then the best part about me losing weight and actually seeing something some results a couple of years ago is because I decided two, three years ago to to cut out on red meat completely. Oh so I cut it out on red meat and chicken. I was pescatarian for two years strictly. I promise you, not even weekends I could taste chicken. I could not even touch it. And then I went off dairy. And then... Oh, now, goodness. the whole of last year, I just went vegan. Oh. I went vegetarian. I uh, started eating no meat. And then now and then, if I felt like I, I really, really, I didn't want it. Now, I can't even taste milk. I don't like eggs. I don't like, I mean, it's just naturally happening for me. And it's amazing. And now also my training partner, uh, you know, we, we, we both started eating the same thing. We both, uh, you know, he, he inspired me by eating what I was eating. and. Yeah. Yeah, and that helps a lot to have, you know, that support. Gym is every day. Gym is every day. Different things change. I'm one of those military trainers. I get aggressive at My gym. goodness. And I do your two hours because I once saw um, someone posting something. I think Serena Williams, she was training two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, two hours in the evening. And I asked myself, yeah. that's why she looks like that. And if she can, in the water as well, she would take a kettlebell and go swim in the water and just do jump squats in the water. I tried all of that stuff. Now I can do all of that. Oh. Oh it's word. fun for me. It is fun. And I just feel everything going. Zip, zip, zip. Now I want that six pack and I'm not playing. I'm doing it for all the girls out there. I'm going to cover with 20 kids. <laughs> Do it for me, girl. Do it for me. I'm doing it for all of us. And I promise you. you sound amazing. Like I can hear the joy that comes yeah. out of your voice when yeah. you are speaking about, you know, your weight loss journey and what worked and what didn't, fun. What didn't work. Fun. And also thank yeah. you about be, thank you for being honest because sometimes people will tell you, why are you looking so great? Why are you losing so weight, so much weight? Yeah, yeah. Would you know it's prayer, meditation, and I drink lots of water. There's no such, There's no such thing, girl. So, yeah, you know, yeah. the fact that you were just honest about that, I appreciate yeah. it. One thing that also brings us joy when it comes to you is your music. Now, we asked you as we wrap up this interview to choose one song, and you yeah. chose a song called Everything Must Change. Now, it was originally done by Randy Crawford, and now we're going to be playing your rendition quickly. Ah, well, why, that, you. why that song? It's appropriate for me for now. Um, and it gives me so much hope. When I got that song, Slylo, who's a very big part of my career yes. um, and success, you know, he gave me that song when we when I met him, he bought me a record of, of Randy Crawford. And the only thing, I didn't know much about records. So I put it in LP, I put it in the sun. And the only song that was left was that particular song, <laughs> Everything Must Change. So I learned it and then we performed it and it became one of my best songs because I could sing it so beautifully. And when I recorded a Legacy Live in concert when I was still at Sony, I decided to actually record that song with an orchestra. And I listen, I'm one of those classical, I am a classical, passionate singer. I am a beautiful, yeah. I love singing, guys. Trust me, I love it and I sound great. I love how I sound. I, we can hear it, Mom. We can definitely hear it. And uh, quickly, any new projects that you are working on that we need to be on the lookout for? And then we must support you, definitely. 
Oh my goodness. We, we hope <laughs> it's coming. It's no, coming. honestly, it's coming. The project is coming. I actually am bothered, Uguti, by now. We just released a, a, a Christmas Carol Now album in December. And that was also spontaneously done, you know. But we are creative people. You must never, ever put, put yourself. That is why I'm saying musicians need to be smart. Radio 2000 Podcast.